that's a great warm up for me every week. I love doing that. I sometimes feel like that's the only reason we all come to church. <laughs> Just to see if I'm going to get stoned. And I, I hear that it's even better when I'm not here. <laughs> that it's worth coming to church just to watch Stuart scramble <laughs> during the stuff that passes Right? I got distracted with a bright, shiny object. <laughs> so here, here's, here's how I now think of Stuart. The Davenport's got a new puppy named Pogo that is part Chihuahua, part Jack Russell Terrier, which means 100% demon. <laughs> and as he was telling me, I thought, that's fitting. That a dog that's kind of like him. Like, I feel like Stuart's like a Jack Russell Terrier that's deaf. Like, once it gets out, it's not coming back. So you better get the door locked and latch tight because you never know where he's going if you let him go. So you chased him for a while. I love you, Stuart. <laughs> scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It's a really common passage of scripture, and it talks about two women, Mary and Martha. And if you're a man in the room today, listen up. This is one of the only passages that is where the main, two main characters other than Jesus are women. And I've been told that there's a book called Living as Mary in a Martha World or something like that. And that any time a church does a study over that book and like does it, it's almost all women in there, which is a shame. Because most of the biblical stories have men as the main characters. And guys, guess what women do? They sit and they listen and they learn from what happens to these guys. And so it's ridiculous for us to turn our ears off when a story has two women as the main characters. So regardless of what gender you are, this story can and does, God does speak to us through it. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. She came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do everything? I think they're 14 and 11 and live in my house. <laughs> tell her then, tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken from her. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation. And may God give us wisdom and courage as we try really hard to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. 
this passage is not one of my favorite. I don't like it because it causes a lot of frustration for us. We live in a culture that places a really high value on doing. In fact, how many of you have found your timeout chair at home and have been taking two or three or five or ten minutes every day for the past few weeks to just sit in timeout and just be? I don't want to say we can do better because I don't want to create another task for you to check off. But it just shows us that our culture is one that says, hurry up. Do everything. Multitasking is lifted up as like this great skill set, which isn't real, by the way. Our brains can only do one task at a time. Distracted people are seen as busy, and we kind of think busy is the way we should be. The other thing that bothers me about this passage is it pits we, we being me and my colleagues, have kind of used it as a way to pit one way of living against the other. There's the active life and the contemplative life. And it's sister against sister, and it's woman against woman, and men have done a great job throughout history of making sure that we make sure women keep fighting against one another because then we get to be out of it and do okay. I think the frustration with this passage might possibly feel um, most keen to women who typically have to make sure the kids are in school, the supper is on the table, that the bills are in order, that the household runs smoothly. That definitely is how it was in ancient times and it seems that that's still how it is in most houses. Unfortunately, mine is like that more than I would like to admit. So I think understandably women might just hear this passage as one of more frustration and a reminder of the right place to be is sitting and relaxing at the feet of Jesus. But there's power in it also because guess where Mary was? Sitting right in the place where men are supposed to be. Doing this rebellious thing that is quite powerful and amazing. That she said, yeah, I'm not doing the dinner thing tonight. I'm sitting here with the guests. <coughs> but therein lies the trap. One person is doing the right thing, and the other is doing the wrong. I don't think that's what this story is about. I think this story is about an acquaintance of mine that told a story a few years ago about turkey hunting with his dad. He grew up turkey hunting every fall and every spring with his dad, and he went off to college, and he would make sure at least once a year to go and turkey hunt with his dad, and they were really into it. They had all the calls, and they made their own calls, and they had their blinds that they used to go to traditionally, and they would stack up limbs in front of them and hide behind them or sit right in front of them really still and call turkeys in and try to harvest one that they could eat together. 
and this acquaintance went off to college and came home and went off and got a job far away and after a few years uh, he gets a call from his dad right after Christmas time that he'd been diagnosed with stage four cancer and it was terminal and there was nothing that they could do about it and so that spring they went turkey hunting and this guy that I listened to tell this story said it was the last time he knew it was the very last time he would get to go with his dad and he said I didn't worry about calling turkeys I didn't worry about any of that all I worried about was watching my dad he said I tried to memorize the way my dad's hands looked holding the call I tried to memorize the way my dad walked I tried to memorize the way he sounded when he was breathing and tired I tried to memorize the sound of his voice when he was whispering to me I tried to memorize it all because I knew it was the last time another friend of mine who's a pastor in northern New Mexico told the story his dad was a pastor also and his dad was known far and wide as a terrible singer and they got appointed to a new town and a new church and this friend of mine was 15 years old when they got there about to be a freshman in high school and his dad for the first time had one of these mics that you can mute and then turn back on also and his dad would always forget to mute it and sing really loud and everyone could hear it. And he's trying to make new friends and he's in a new town and his dad would embarrass him every single week. And he said that one week he was like really eye-rolling the way that 15-year-olds can be. And his mom looked over and saw him do that and leaned over and said, I'm sure you're going to miss the sound of your dad's voice when he's gone. I think that's what this story is about. It's about not being present in the moment. Jesus doesn't say to Mary, you're doing the wrong thing by cooking and making sure that this meal is prepared. He doesn't say any of that. He says, Mary, you're distracted. Martha, you're distracted. I'm sorry, I keep doing that. And I'm trying to remember Martha by going, like, Martha, Martha, Martha. Because <laughs> Martha... Is the one that I think always does the right thing, you know, is the achiever. But Martha is distracted and isn't present. And she's trying to do all of these things all at once to be hospitable. Which the book of Luke, if you read the book of Luke, you'll read over and over and over again that hospitality is lifted up as like, one of the marks of discipleship. In fact, the story just before this is a story that's really famous called the story of the Good Samaritan, where somebody who is not one of the insiders shows hospitality to, to another person. Hospitality is lifted up. Jesus is not saying to Martha, you're doing the wrong thing. He's saying you're doing it the wrong way. Be present here. Don't worry about what Mary is doing. Don't do that. You take care of what you're doing and enjoy that and recognize that you're serving me and you're serving God in the process. That's our job. And here's the hope in it, is that Jesus is inviting us into a new way of living. We get to be rebellious. And the 13-year-old in me loves that sentence that I just said. We get to be rebellious. We get to say to the world, no, 
I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to be present in this moment with these people at this time, and I'm going to memorize the way they sound and the way they talk, and I'm going to memorize the way that, that they do their hair and the way their fingernails look. I'm going to memorize everything about this moment and be in this moment. We're told at the birth of Jesus that Mary stored up in her heart all of the things we've heard like treasure. You know how that is. You've had that experience where you hold a newborn baby for the first time and, and you know the way their skin is like ridiculously soft and the smacking noises that they make and, and all of the people who come to visit, you know that. And, and if you don't know that one, you know what it's like to have a time with friends that you haven't seen in a really long time and the smile on their faces and the hugs that are shared and the way that that feels and the way that that sounds. And those moments are what we live for. But we get distracted like Martha because we forget that it's not about our achievements. Our achievements don't define us. It's the love of God and the invitation to sit and be that define us. It's the love of God and the invitation to be present making the meal and smelling the food and hearing the crackling of something frying and, and, the, and the taste of it in our mouths and the company that we're with while we're having it. It's that invitation that is discipleship. We're called to a different way of living and a different way of being.
we're going to practice it. And it's going to be uncomfortable, and it's going to be weird, but please, let's try. For two minutes. For two minutes, let's take time out. Two minutes isn't very long, but it's uncomfortable. And if you have to have a task to do, this is your task. This is it. Exactly what I'm doing. You're waiting for me to tell you something. This is the task. Just be. You can look at your hands. You can look at your feet. You can close your eyes. You can look around at the backs of people's heads. You can stare at me. I don't care. But for two minutes, we're just going to be. 